are Locked On Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Big Ten, alongside Matt Sheehan from Locked On Spartans. I'm Nate Dickinson. Welcome into the show here on a Friday as we get you into some of the news going on, really not just in the Big Ten, but all around college football, as we'll get into some stuff here today about some of the changes that might be coming. We've talked a lot about no more divisions here in possibly the Big Ten in the future, but now it seems like that could be coming on faster and faster than we could have even imagined even a couple of weeks ago. Matt, the NCAA makes some official changes here this week that could accelerate this process, and we're seeing it already start to do so across the country a little bit here, too. I mean, what were your biggest takeaways just from, like, the actual changes that occurred and what the NCAA did? My biggest takeaway is, thank goodness, uh, no more divisions to settle a conference title game. Just, you know, two teams at the top win percentage. And, look, I mean – the last seven years, it's been all Big Ten East, and then the Big Ten West is just the team that gets invited to seemingly this invitational at the end of the year. Teams like, you know, Penn State always fighting for their lives in the Big Ten East. Teams like Michigan, if I could throw them a bone. Teams like my Spartans, Nate, are jazzed to hear about this because, look, and I know last year it didn't happen, but more times than not, Ohio State is running the Big Ten East, only to slaughter the sacrificial lamb that comes out of the Big Ten West. So, yeah, if we can get, you know, just the whole breakup of divisions, that that warms my Spartan heart. I'm sure it warms the Wolverines' hearts. I'm sure it warms the Nittany Lions' hearts. And I'm sure, like, ugh, if you're a Hawkeye fan or a Badger fan, like, uh-oh. <laughs> I feel too hot about this, but whew, over here in the East, yeah, I'm kind of jazzed about it. And um, it can happen quick. I wonder if the Big Ten's going to pull a page out of the the Pac-12 playbook and say hey we're gonna do it this year the schedule is gonna stay the same for this year but like divisions Mm -mm, no we're out the window there so yeah I really wonder how fast this is all gonna happen here in the Big Ten we'll see we'll see yeah I'm all for it too I mean of course here to support all the Big Ten teams equally but of course I want the best two teams out in that championship game that seems perfectly reasonable and if Wisconsin and Iowa and anybody else over in the West gets left behind as a result, then so be it. You need to have, you can't have, as we talked about on the show when it was going on, you can't have an Iowa winning that Big Ten championship game if you want to be able to be relevant and stay relevant in college football. But how long do you think conferences have to make that kind of a decision to change the championship game format entirely? I mean, can this be something that, people decide even like in the regular season that they're going to change and end up making something if they think it's going to be something that they may need to do. Man, doing it during the regular season would be wild. Right. But then again, like they they just did it two years ago and changed the whole rule book to get Ohio state in the big 10 championship game instead of Indiana based on the rules that they made up before the, the COVID season, which was just like, obviously an odd season in general, but yeah, like time's a wasting, like, I don't think that they should punt to 2023 here because look, the last seven years when it's been East versus West, there's been two games that were watchable, maybe three, if you want to stretch it that far, but 
yeah, like last year, like I didn't even turn on the game because I knew it was going to happen. Like Michigan was going to absolutely roll over Iowa. No offense to Hawkeye fans. I, I love every single one of you until basketball season starts. But like, yeah, like, listen, you want TV ratings, you want eyeballs on your game. Best two teams. That's the way to do it. So time is a wasting Big Ten. Let's let's get this thing speed lined right now. When you see a conference like the Pac-12 do this, I mean, we talk about like with NIL, maybe the Big Ten isn't the teams that are making headlines right now in those moves. But I've said that I think that's maybe kind of smart to be spending the money for all we know, but not being one of those that's making, again, big, big news about it. With this kind of a thing, I mean, uh, you see the Pac-12 do it. Pac-12 has been left out quite a bit recently. They're trying to jump on something here and get themselves back into the action. I feel like this is something that you want to do right away if you're going to do it, because again, it's it's a it's a competitive advantage if you're looking at it from a conference-wide right. standpoint. Right on, yeah. Pac-12 is just like the what the redhead stepchild of Power Five conferences, right? I mean, Big 12's given them some competition to be there, especially when. Well, Texas and Oklahoma walk out that door, but yeah, like it makes sense for Pac-12 to do it just to have just the needle even move a little bit for them. Like the SEC, they could punt this down the road as far as they can, especially with Georgia being the power they are. Alabama's there, Texas A&M on the rise. So like, yeah, if, if you're the SEC commissioner, like I'm fine with every year in Atlanta, it's going to be Georgia versus Bama or Georgia versus A&M or Georgia versus LSU. Like, that's something you can always rely on. But yeah, over there in Pac-12 country, like, no, you need eyeballs on your title game because you ain't getting them in the first place. Or if, hey, if you're here in the Big Ten, yeah, you would want some eyeballs on your conference championship game and hopefully have a competitive game like, let's say, Ohio State, Penn State, or Ohio State, Wisconsin here. Yeah, I'll throw Wisconsin a bone right there. Don't mean to, you know, kick every single <laughs> Big Ten West team uh, in the throat. So, yeah, um, it's, it's the way to do it. it money's everything, Nate. Come on, man. Like, let's let's start making some cheddar here. Let's start having a competitive game that first weekend of December. That's time's a wasting. Time is a wasting. This is something I just need to shoot out and text all, all of our Big Ten hosts about. But who would be your three teams if it went to a three-five-five format? Well, who would I want? I would want yeah. no offense, Rutgers. I would want no offense, uh, Maryland, and then um, Rutgers again probably would be great. But like, no, honestly, I think it makes sense. Like Michigan, obviously, right? Um, right. And then you would tack on Penn State has been like a solid, like quasi rival here for a little bit. And then yeah, like honestly, like I, I think Rutgers or Maryland would fit. Perhaps an Indiana, perhaps a, a Purdue, because. Um, and maybe this is selfishly, but like, I don't want that 13 to be Wisconsin or an Ohio state or an Iowa team, because look, our hands are full enough with Michigan and Penn state, but yeah, there's a lot of fascinating options. I kind of like that three, five thing that they got going that you play the same three opponents every single year. And then your other five games or in the big tens case, other six games, um, however they want to, you know, divvy this out in the future. I think that's the way to go. Like I, I like those protected games that you can always count in something. So that's the way to go. But yeah, selfishly, I think, yeah, yeah, Michigan, Penn State, and then like Indiana or Rutgers or something like that. So that's a fair shake to me. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I mean, to be honest, when I was looking through it, I was like, yeah, I thought at first three, five, five sounds good. But even just looking at it, like if you're thinking about what each team is, would say, like, these are the teams we need to play every year. Nobody has more than really even two, right? Like Michigan needs to play right. you guys in Ohio State. Um, Minnesota right. needs to play Wisconsin and Iowa every single mm -hmm. year and probably 
all three of those teams playing each other. But again, that's only two games. I think you could even go less than that if you want to at least like make the people happy at the very least. Like the, the rivalries aren't going to grow or change. Like Penn State, Michigan State, yeah, they, they play good games. But you said it's like yeah. a quasi rivalry. Nobody needs that game every single year. There aren't any way like Maryland and Rutgers are going to build some sort of huge rivalry with anyone in the Big Ten. They really don't need to play anyone multiple yeah. times in a season. So it's or every single season. So yeah, I think it could even get more kind of diverse in what you're looking at with the yearly schedule without having to kind of take away what, what fans are worried about when we started this divisions thing. Being able to have like Michigan State, Ohio or Michigan, Ohio State every year or in the championship game. We had to make that decision. Don't have to, and it, and it really can be, I feel like, just a lot more fluid and simpler. And honestly, something that, like, it, it seems too easy for us to have not just thought of right. a long time ago. No, 100% too. And, like, sorry, like I'm going off on a tangent now, too, but, like, this, yeah, this whole thing of no divisions also in, introduces, like, okay, well, what are these tiebreakers going to be? Like, let's say you got two teams that are – there were three teams that are 8-1 and one at the end of the year. And, like, I, I think – and now this can be healthy for the sport of college football here – and listen, I don't mean to make, you know, Michigan my whipping child, but they are the golden example of this right now. That I think the top tiebreaker can be what is your record against other power five non-conference teams? Because Michigan's non-conference schedule for next year is like, I think it's Hawaii, Colorado State and UConn. Go ahead and throw a high school on there if you, if you want to Michigan. But right now, that's actually a genius idea because at the end of the year, and I've, I've preached this many a times at the end of the year. No one cares who you played in the non-conference. Like, as long as you're 11 and 1, 12 and 0, who cares? Like, you think Ohio State was thrilled that they brought in Oregon last year? No, because if they scheduled, I don't know, Lima High School and beat them, they're probably still in the conversation for the college football playoff, even though they don't play in the Big Ten Championship, because you're 11 and 1 instead of 10 and 2, because, well, you brought in a competitive team like Oregon in. Like, Michigan was supposed to play UCLA this year. They canceled that, and instead they put – I forgot who it was. I think they put, like, UConn on the schedule in replacement of that. It's genius. That's all they care about is just a good record. That's the way it goes. But in order to discourage that, maybe you make that part of your tiebreaker. Okay, Michigan, you went 8-1. and one. Awesome. But who you, – you played three high school teams in your non-conference, so you're uh, – you don't have any wins to break the tie. That's how you can incentivize it. So make teams go out, actually get competitive non-conference games – and I think that could be an interesting thing, too, that maybe benefits not just the sport, but also like, hey, like Michigan's fans, too. Like, I, I can't imagine that they're going to be too fired up for the first three weeks of the season to see like uncompetitive football. Or maybe they are. Maybe I shouldn't speak for them. But, yeah, I, I just think that's an interesting wrinkle, too, with this whole non-division thing is what the tiebreakers are going to be. Well, it's, again, a long way away, maybe. I hesitate to say that now, though, but we'll figure out more as we start to. Yeah, what is it? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> we start to try and figure out exactly what things are going to look like in the future of college football. Things yeah. are changing, though. That's definitely for sure. And it doesn't look like they're going to stop anytime soon. Uh, Matt's no. going to be back here in just a minute. We have opening week lines already for college football all the way out in what is going to be end of August when we get into that, early September, even too. Yeah, it's. So what? Still three months away, but they have their first guesses as to where you're at. Maybe there's some money to be made and the Vegas lines aren't quite as on the point as when we get into the season. We'll talk about it with Matt here in just a second on Locked on Big Tech. 
Bet Online covers all of your sports gambling needs. If you want all the information before you actually put your money anywhere, Bet Online has you covered. If you want to actually make those bets and make a wider variety of options of bets than anywhere else, Bet Online has you covered. If you want to go to a place where the website just looks nice, as not all sports betting websites do, Bet Online has you covered. Head on over to Bet Online right now for a one-stop shop for everything that you need going on with your sports gambling needs. It's really that simple. Bet Online and sign up for free right now. Back in on Locked On Big Ten, Matt Sheen from Locked On Spartans is in. Podcast covers the Big Ten, doesn't buy a single topic. We do things the right way over here. Matt, are you a team Saban or hey, a Jimbo? I'm team Saban. I, I am team Saban. Um, and I'm just confused with the whole Jimbo thing. Like he's crying about being accused of paying players. Jimbo, it's the NIL era. Like it, it's not taboo. It's legal. Like lean into it. Like, oh, Nick said I'm paying my players. You're damn right I am. And this is how much we're paying them. If you're a five-star listening to this right now, come on down to College Station and find out how much you can make. Like it's it's okay, Jimbo. It's legal. Just go for it, baby. What are you doing? So that's, yeah, that's where I kind of stand on it. Love it, though. Yeah. I love the whole thing. It's great. Yeah, I'm the same way. I mean, I guess I'm team Jimbo just in general. But, yeah, he, I, th- I thought he could have just been like, yeah, if any Alabama commits want to come do it the wrong way. Uh, phone <laughs> right. line's open. Yeah. Right. <laughs> or it's like, I've never, like Jimbo say, like, I've never cheated. It's like, Jimbo, Jimbo, this isn't three years ago. No, no one's saying you're cheating. This is all, this is all above board right now. Like, you're fine. <laughs> you're fine. Like, so I don't the whole thing's just weird but fascinating and i love it so there we go all right well let's talk a little bit of money here as bet online our sports book place of course here on the locked on podcast network has sent us out some week one football lines already we're talking about and uh august start of september when we're going to be getting into these games but it's still uh, a sign again as you're very excited matt i see of football yet to come so we'll get into what exactly all this is but uh, i mean as we mentioned before we got in here, it seems like this is a point where there could be some value found as I usually don't trust myself against Vegas in any way, but I, I do, I, I don't know, th- th- maybe this is a weak spot of mine where I'm like, okay, maybe this is when we need to get on something. It 100% is like week one is, is winning time for us, the casual player. Like by, by week four, week five, that, that's when the heads start to roll and Vegas starts to turn their lights back on. But uh, yeah, week one is where you could pick and prod some like very bad lines. Um, with that said, there, there's some challenging ones too, though, right? For, for Big Ten, like week one, right off the bat, uh, Nebraska, Northwestern, of course, playing in Ireland, because when you think, you know, the Green Hills of Ireland, you think Huskers, Wildcats. Huskers are minus 10. Like, I, there's how many games until or how many days until that game starts, right? There's like 190 something. Like I'm gonna use yeah all 90 days to think about that one because like I think there's a good team in Nebraska, which is like maybe the dumbest thing to say. I think I've fallen right into the trap, but I think there's a good team in Nebraska. But then again, what happened week zero last year? Like they just threw up a stinker against Illinois, and now like it's even weirder that this game's being played six time zones over in the Green Hills of Ireland. Like I. There's just so much weirdness going around. Like, I will bet this game. I just don't know what side I'm going to be on, though. Minus 10. Like, do you have a, a lean one way or another for Huskers Wildcats? I, I mean, I want to, I guess, lean to that it's going to be a closer game. I don't know how bad Northwestern is after losing so many games last season. I don't know how good Nebraska is still. 
Uh, I mean, you said you had a little bit of faith. It's a good team. I want you to go a little deeper on that just because the Cornhuskers have been a bit of a punching bag on this show the last couple of days. They have. And okay. So you know what, like I do every week here, I relate things back to Michigan state. Now take a trip back with me to 2012. Michigan state had a season where they had, I think they went six and six, let's call it four of those losses though, came by a combined six points. The next year, what happens? They find those inches. That's a Mark D'Antonio quote, find the inches. And they barnstormed to a great 11-1 season. They won the Rose Bowl. Like, they were a close team that turned it around next year. Scott Frost is no dummy. He knows that he has to find the inches. I think the players are well aware of what happened last year, too. They lost, what, nine games by a combined 9.1 points, it seemed like. Like, they were in every single game and barely lost every single game. So can they turn that around? Can they just find that extra possession, that extra field goal, that extra touchdown, not have that one turnover that breaks their back? I think they can. Like, I, I think that there is a good team there. They had a great transfer portal season. Hell, they had such a good transfer portal season, they got two quarterbacks to transfer into Nebraska. So right there, very hotly contested quarterback battle. You got to think that one of those guys can do a good enough job to not go 3-9. and nine. So that's kind of where I have faith in Nebraska. So I hope that there's a Husker fan listening and I hope I brighten up your day at least a little bit here because listen, maybe I'm going to fall down the trap for one more year, but I have faith in Scott Frost. I have faith in the Huskers this year and I don't, I, I, I don't see how it fails again, again. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I don't know if Nebraska is too good, but I, I have more faith in Northwestern not really being up to the snuff they're real early in that game. I feel like an average yeah. team would be able to maybe beat them by 10 pretty easily in that matchup. So yeah, I'm on Nebraska minus 10 in that one too. I think I'm with that as well. It's just the only thing that other, the also, the other thing that also holds me back is just like random acts of Pat Fitzgerald. Like, is this going to be one of like <laughs> Northwestern's flare ups where they just bang out nine wins? Like out of nowhere, like it very well could be like Pat Fitzgerald is great for that. So I don't know, but yeah. Do you know what? Hey, if I'm going to put my chips in, in the Husker basket, might as well just go for it. Yeah, give me the Huskers minus 10. There we go. Let's, let's go, baby. Let's go. Matt Fitzgerald's a top 25 coach, according to CBS. We talked about that with Jacob sure. Rude on the show sure. yesterday. Another interesting game is Penn State's playing at Purdue to start the season. I mean, that's I that. a matchup that has a couple of quarterbacks who could be really good this season. I'm really interested to see how both of those guys start off their years, O'Connell and Clifford. I mean, both these offensives have some big holes to fill, obviously. Jahan Dantz is gone. David Bell's gone. I'm interested to see what both these teams bring out to start it out because they have the potential to be two of the at least more exciting offenses out there in the East if they can put it together. Totally. And, like, weird things happen in ross Aid Stadium – like all the time. <laughs> and the fact that this is a Thursday game, presumably at night, I don't think they're going to kick off at noon on Thursday. I don't think the kickoff time's established, but safe to say this will be under the lights. So when I just hear under the lights, Ross Aid Stadium, Purdue is three point home dogs. I'm like, oh, we are going to shovel some money on the Boilermakers here. Like, <laughs> I, listen, Penn State is going to be a fine team this year. Like, of course, as usual, like they have all the talent, but. Man, just I, I I got faith in Purdue to do some more voodoo magic in Ross Aid Thursday night. So yeah, give me I'll I'll take I'll take Purdue as as home dogs under the lights. Yeah, let's go. Why not? Pump it up, baby. Let's go. I believe in Jeff Brom being able to score points. 
I sure I just don't know if Purdue is going to be able to have the kind of consistency to be able to do it. I just I, I guess I, I guess maybe I don't know enough about the two teams as a whole yet, maybe, and what exactly they're doing to try and fill in all those holes. And I need to figure it out. But just as like just in the back of my head, I'm feeling like Penn State's a, a safer bet to be able to at least week one come out and have a decent game, right? If any team's going to have a big letdown, I feel like I'm leaning towards the Boilermakers side. Now, the ceiling's higher too. I agree. Playing that game right. at home, playing against Penn State. But I don't know, on those times where it's the first week of the season, I feel like it's a little bit too more volatile for me to try and uh, vary. I, I want, I want to play, I'm looking for the safer teams. Yes, uh, the teams that can explode are going to be able to win you money all the time. But in week one, I guess I'm looking for the safer matchups and the safer uh, at least bets to be able to come out and have the game that I, I think they can put together if they're playing at the end of the year. And, and that's the smart way to go about it. And I think I'm going to try to snipe some safe bets on Saturday, but like I could just see it now, like Thursday, I'm so amped up that college football's back. It's, it's going to be a big 10 network game probably. And I'm just going to just try to ride my motorcycle off this helicopter and just ride with the volatile team in the Purdue Boilermakers. So yeah, uh, safety is for Saturdays for Thursday. Rev the engines, baby. We're going Purdue. Let's come on, Jeff Brom. Let's go. Come on. And it's the fun pick too, right? You know, they're going to air it out. You know, oh, they're going to try and get out there and play and score sure. some points. So it, it'll be fun. Tell me the blood doesn't pump when Purdue goes up 7-0 on their first drive and you just hear that train <laughs> horn sounding. And it's like, oh, football is so back. Let's go. Oh, I can't wait. Uh, it's Kickoff's got to get here, man. I'm, I'm fired up right now. Fired <laughs> up right now. We'll cool down and go to a Friday game. It's Illinois at Indiana first. We'll get to Michigan State in a second. But Illinois and Indiana are a couple of teams that I don't know what to think about either at the moment. Uh, looking like they could very well be at the bottom of the barrel and the line reflects it. It's IU minus three at home. So right now, pretty much a push uh, at Vegas. I don't think really cares much about this game at all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is the mindset I'm in. Like, it's not X's and O's at all. It's not even roster. It's just like, can, can Indiana wash the bad taste of their mouth? From last year because like by the end of last year listen like they've had a, a like a laundry list of injuries the losing kind of got contagious there at the end I can't imagine morale was too high but hey you, you got Tom Allen who's as good of a motivator as any vibes are, are I imagine going to be high going into the season that's to say with every team but I think especially with Indiana I I think that at home too against a very gettable opponent like Illinois I, I like Indiana to cover Wow. You know what? That sounded great in my head, but now that I just said it out loud, that sounds kind of weird. We're going to lean into it though. Yeah. Indiana to cover minus three at home to open up their season against Illinois like that. I'll go Illinois because again, in a game that doesn't seem to have any sort of real, like uh, anything to it. Uh, Illinois one week, one last week, they beat Northwest. Zero right? sex appeal. Yeah. Zero yeah. sex appeal. <laughs> <laughs> Illinois, Illinois, one last Illinois one week, one last year. I think that was the Northwestern game that they ended up winning, right? That was the very first one. They had a couple of big wins there in those couple few weeks. But anyway, they won in the first week. I remember it was a surprise. So I'll pick Illinois to win again here, Brett Bielema Power. Wow, look at you. There we go. The Burt train. Let's, let's fire it up, baby. Let's go. Michigan State's <laughs> minus 19 against Western Michigan. What, what's any story to be had? Oh, there's a story. Yeah, uh, our quarterback's dad just took Western's offensive coordinator position in the offseason. So hopefully they don't speak to each other the entire summer about uh, anything <laughs> football related. Uh, because, yeah, Western Michigan's got a mole inside the program now. But other than that, like, listen, Western kind of wasn't that great last year. And 
Michigan State should be okay enough to cover 19 points. It's going to be opening night at home. The fan base is just so rejuvenated. We're, we're ready to go. So, yeah, give me uh, – Bill of God, give me 19 points. I, I really hate taking lines like this against, like, group of five teams, but uh, tis the season for gambling, Nate. We're going to take the minus 19. All right, good to know. Again, I, I when spreads yeah. are getting that big, I need to ask somebody else who I know really knows what's sure. going on with those teams. Um, again, that's another Friday game as – we try yeah. and do, it'll be a, a fun again they, they've done this a lot more recently and yeah. i guess it's i guess it's become just commonplace now i shouldn't say even more recently anymore but spreading out those games on that first weekend especially it, it's just it's awesome to be able to watch the I entire week of football mm-hmm. love it moving on notre dame's at ohio state that's going to be a big one they've already announced the time night game at ohio state in columbus it's a 14-point favorite for the Buckeyes, and I'm not betting against Ohio State anytime soon. No, I, I talked about this on my podcast yesterday, and have you ever seen a team celebrate a Roseville victory like it was the, the Duke's Mayo Bowl ever in your life? Like, <laughs> they, they beat Utah, who wanted that game more than anything. Ohio State is kind of like, yep. Ooh, cool. Awesome. Yeah, we got the trope. That is a team that next year, when I saw them celebrate the way they did or not celebrate the way they did, rather, I'm like, oh, my God, they're going to kill everyone in their path next year. Like, they are going to unroll the death machine on every single opponent in their path next year. We all know what happened against Oregon last year. They invited a non-conference opponent into their house, got punked. Notre Dame, great non-conference opponent to have in. Same spread, too. I believe it was also a 14.5 point spread when Oregon walked in. They're not going to fool around here this is going to be a complete molly whopping in columbus which i love that this is a, a true home game too like this is great no neutral site game fantastic cannot wait for this one yeah notre dame usually doesn't like to do those to start off the season or anything like that they no. like go neutral site for their uh, big games that are away from oh, home yeah. uh oh, yeah. again i'm with you too ohio state's just too good the receivers are gone, but again, you've got Smith and Jigger there. You've got Marvin Harrison Jr. there. Those guys right. are going to be able to step right in and have, I, I mean, they might even be better. We don't know. They, they've been that right. kind of yeah. good in the flashes that we've seen. Uh, they are in a lot of other spots just as good as they were last year. They bring in two of the top 10 recruits in the nation on the defensive side of the football, too. Right. It's going to be a really, really, really good Ohio State team. And again, they can get beat, but it's going to be another year of just talking about how much better they are than everybody until they get beat by somebody. It's right. not, it's not anything simple. No, CJ Stroud's back. He's got two great tackles that he's playing behind. Like this is a team that could score 70 points at any given night if they really want to. So yeah, it's uh, another great time to be playing the Buckeyes. Colorado State's at Michigan. That's not something we really need to get into. I don't think that's uh, like 25, 26 point spread. Minnesota take was Michigan. up there too. We didn't take that. We didn't talk about that. They're even huger, but that's because they're playing. I, I don't even remember what the school was at the time. It was like New Mexico State, I think. It, it, 38 point favorites, though, were the uh, oh Gophers in that game. So, jeez, oh, <laughs> it's a big <laughs> Maryland to 20 and a half point favorite at Buffalo. Another good game. Rutgers is at Boston College. Uh, Boston College favored by seven and a half points. Uh, more than a touchdown makes things interesting. I'll, I'll ride with Greg Schiano. I did this a lot last year, and I also lost a lot of money doing this last year, just riding with Rutgers for some reason. I, I can't explain it, but yeah. Hey, you know what? All the money I lost last year, we're going to win back. Greg Schiano, we're going to cover that spread, baby. Uh, night up, Scarlet up, I, whatever they say over in Piscataway. Do that, because we are riding Rutgers. Here we go. 
I don't know if Rust Rutgers football can be trusted, but I know that Boston College football cannot be trusted. So I, I can <laughs> perfectly find leading with that Big Ten team yep. there. Yep. I'm trying to make sure we didn't miss anything here, Bryce. I look up and down the lines that were sent over to us from Bet Online and make sure there wasn't at least Penn another oh, good Purdue game. Penn State we went over with with Purdue. Yeah. And I don't think we're missing anything. So uh, I nice. It's again a couple of good games. Big Ten's going to have that Notre Dame Ohio State game to really, really kind of highlight things sure. as far as that slate. And again, New Mexico State is what it was at Minnesota. I found that game minus 38. But again, it'll be that game. Penn State Purdue will be interesting. Um, but yeah, as far as first week, big, big, big 10 games goes, uh, I, I'll have to look into it more, but I don't think it's going to be the big 10, like having the biggest game of the weekend here on week one. There's usually like what one huge big top 10 game that they'll have highlighting things. I, I think so. Yeah. But it is just exciting that they do kick off, you know, week one with big 10 play like MSU did it yes. for the first time last year. And I, I wasn't really thrilled about it at the time, but obviously winning that game helps, but there's an excitement there too, especially, you know, from the outside looking in, if you're a team that's not playing a big 10 opponent, it's cool just to see a game that actually matters right off the bat. So very cool. All right, Matt. Well, it's been fun having you on here. Uh, what do you think's next as we get into college football season? We had Jimbo versus Saban. What's the, what are two big 10 coaches you think are getting ready to go at each other? Big 10's been or too who quiet. Would you, I, I, who would you like to see go at each other? Who do you think are the two big 10 coaches who would be able to like have the best back and forth, like throughout the course of a week doing press conferences, just going at each other's throats? Uh, oddly, like, I think Greg Schiano versus Jeff Brom would do it. Like, that's a lot of testosterone there. And I think it'd just be very funny. Cause like, listen, A&M's a program on the rise. Alabama has been the King forever. I think it'd be fun for like just two random programs like Purdue and Rutgers to be just duking it out over the media. Hey, you want to, you want to start getting your three opponents down right there. Purdue Rutgers can start that rivalry right this week. And I think that'd be fantastic to the, the biggest like meatheads. And I mean that in the most endearing way possible going at it in the Big Ten Conference. So hook that mm -hmm. straight into my veins. I think Brett Bielema would have some words. Jim sure. Harbaugh is sure. not That's really that too. kind of a – he would maybe like have something clever to say, but I don't think he's yeah. really going after after somebody like that. No. You know, like Harbaugh versus Tom Allen would be a lot of fun too. Like two guys that are quirky in their own ways, like that would just be more of like theater than it would be just like smack talking. So that would be – that would be entertaining. At the the PJ Fleck Kirk Ferentz was there for a little bit in Ohio and Minnesota. That was going was. on for a little while there. I don't know I how hot that's PJ Fleck Scott Frost in my life. Like Frost versus Fleck would be fantastic too. Like mm. two like the younger guys in the conference, both in the West, both trying to make something out of themselves as they head into like their third and fourth year. Oh my God, that that would be a fun time. That would be a fun time. I'm I'm sold for that. <laughs> We'll have something, I'm sure. Something will happen at some point. Somebody will get pissed off. Someone will take a timeout that somebody didn't like. That seems to be the way that things go in Big Ten, at least. But again, whenever it does, we'll have Matt here to let us know how, what he thinks about it. And of course, you can find all of his thoughts every weekday on Michigan State at Locked On Spartans. Matt, remind people where they can get all of your stuff, usernames, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, Locked On Spartans, the podcast, and Sheehan underscore sports on Twitter if you want to yell at me. Or, hey, if you're a Nebraska fan, I'm riding with you. Let's go. Let's let's ride into the season together, Nebraska fans. Come on. We'll be back to wrap things up here in just a minute on the show. Thanks again, Matt. Nate, always a fun time. Go enjoy your weekend, man. Let's go. There we go. Will do. You too. Thanks. 
If you've been listening to the show for a while now, you know that Built Bar is always coming out with new stuff, and they've got a good one here in their latest batch. It's the Brownie Batter Puff. It's a new thing from Built Bar, the Built Puffs. Maybe you've heard us talk about them before. These are their protein bars that are covered with 100% chocolate, but the Built Puffs have marshmallow on the inside. It's chocolate on the outside, marshmallow on the inside, and in this particular case, a brownie batter flavor to it on that inside too. If you're a chocolate lover, you're gonna to wanna to try this one out. And I know what you're thinking. It, it can't have all that chocolate and brownie batter and marshmallow in there and still be good for you, right? Let me read the numbers for you. 17 grams of protein, seven grams of sugar, only 140 calories. It's all the stuff you want and none of the stuff you don't. You've come to love it from Built Bar and now they're just honestly throwing everything out the window as far as the rules for protein bars go. It's brownie batter inside chocolate while still staying under 150 calories and giving you the protein you need. If you go to built.com right now, you can see it and every other thing that Built Bar has to offer. And of course, use our code LOCKED15 there to get 15% off your first order. Again, at built.com. 